Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany and on today's episode I'm going to be talking about all the wrestling that happened last week. Um, what was last week? I want to say the 20th. So August 20th through the 22nd. So last week you had AEW Rampage or as I call it CM Punk Day because it is the day CM Punk, the professional wrestler, returned back to professional wrestling and he ended up showing up on AEW Rampage. I'm also going to talk about um, SummerSlam. I'm going to basically give my predictions on what went down. And I'm also going to be talking about the stuff that happened during NXT TakeOver. So let's jump right into it. So giving a bit of a brief history. So AEW ends up announcing they're going to have a, another show that's going to come on. Um, it's going to happen during the week. It's going to happen Friday nights. Um, it comes on it after SmackDown comes on. So SmackDown um, Central Time is from 7 to like 9 o'clock for two hours. And then AEW is going to have AEW Rampage, which is going to show up. And it's going to be only an hour long. So the first episode was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I believe. And they had their second episode. So prior to... Um, Prior to All Out, their pay-per-view, which is happening next Sunday, September 5th, um, they announced that was going to happen and it's going to be in Chicago. So I already was like, I'm buying my tickets, I'm going. I told my coworker Naomi, my good friend, she's been on the podcast before. Uh, I told her, I'm going to this event, we're going to go on September 5th, so this is going to be a really fun weekend, right? So I'm watching an episode of Dynamite and they're announcing that they're going to have another Rampage show called The First Dance and it's going to be in Chicago at the United Center. Now already there have been hints and talkings and kind of like a couple of things going on around this time. Basically rumors and speculation that CM Punk is going to come back to professional wrestling. But you know... When it comes to professional wrestling and professional wrestling fans, especially on Twitter, a lot of people were either joking or like making suggestions. Oh, he's going to come back to the WWE. He's going to come to AEW. It's like it's either one of those things. So anybody that is familiar with CM Punk's like sort of relationship with the AE with um WWE, it didn't really. And on good terms, he's gone on record to say that towards the end of his run with WWE, right around 2013-2014, he was very unhappy with his booking. He was, like, mentally exhausted. It's out there. So a lot of people are wondering, because he really just left professional wrestling as a whole. Um, did a co- did two fights with the UFC, is an MMA commentator. Um, he kind of just left pro wrestling aside. So rumors started going around, stuff like them announcing the United Center show in Chicago. So already, this is working fans up into a tizzy about, hey, you know, is he going to come to AEW? Is he going to come to AEW? Because prior to that two years, like right around 2019, 2018, I want to say, you know, there's been like the idea because like CM Punk left WWE in 2014. It's now four years later. Um, the Young Bucks, it's a whole different company, it's a whole different mindset, it's a whole different atmosphere. Hey, is CM Punk going to join AEW? Is CM Punk going to join AEW? So now here we are, short of two years later, you got all this speculation going on. It's the United Center, it's Chicago, like CM Punk is, a, is, is like waves his flag for his home city every, every time. A hometown hero, basically, in lesser known words. Hometown hero. So, it wasn't until, like, a little bit earlier, because I follow him on Instagram, I noticed, like, one of his Instagram stories, it's the Bulls theme music. And at first, I didn't make, I didn't put two and two together, and it wasn't until, like, a little bit later, when I realized, oh, crap, there's a connection here. There's, there's a connection here. He's gonna come back. But it's not confirmed. He's not saying anything. Of course, you have the IWC. No offense to them. Um, of course, speculating, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I took it as a sign, and I said, I'm going. So I ended up getting tickets. I go to AEW Rampage. Now, the matches that were announced, it was um, 
Jade Cargill versus Kiara Hogan. It was Jurassic Express versus uh, Private Party. And it was John Moxley versus, I want to say, Daniel Garcia. Yeah, it was John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. Rampage um, is just... Rampage is um, going to be an hour-long show, and there's only going to be three matches. So everyone's speculating, um, is he going to appear? Is he actually going to show up? What's going to happen? So I go. I'm waiting in line. Um, the show doesn't start until, obviously, 9 o'clock. So the event doesn't start until 7. So the first two hours, you're basically watching AEW Dark. They record that, and then they show it on YouTube. And it was fun, you know, two hours of just wrestling, you know, a couple of people getting their um, names out there. You know, you had matches with Joey Janela was on there, um, Lucha Brothers was on there. You know, it was a really good show. It was a real even kill show. Two hours kind of flew by. You just there. Um, it was fun. So it starts winding down. It starts winding down. Um... At first, you know, they start the timer telling you that, hey, the show's about to start in 10 minutes. And then, you know, Tony Khan comes out like probably five minutes before. And he's like basically saying, you know, hey, I'm happy you all came out here. I'm glad that you're continuing the sport AEW. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for coming out. And trust me, you are not going to be disappointed. So everyone's like, okay, all right, is this going to happen? So... Show starts, everything, you know, everyone's already, when it's like the, the card goes up, everyone's like showing the rampage and like the video package. Already the show starts off, people chatting, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. So the chants are continuing, the chants are continuing. Then all of a sudden, you see like a red and light flash. And then... You hear the signature, like his old, his like old uh, theme music that he had in WWE, the Cult of Personality theme with the TV static and everything. So you hear that, and then you hear Cult of Personality play, and then you see like the new video package or the Titantron, and then you see the words CM Punk show up on the screen, and he walks out. Man, the place went crazy. It was loud. It was electric. It was the most intense feeling I have ever witnessed. That was the loudest pop I have ever, like, witnessed. And I've gone to WWE live events, but that does not compare to the experience of seeing this many happy Chicago fans see their hometown hero come out on that stage. And man, it was electric. Everybody had their phones out. Everyone was screaming and cheering. There were people crying. He was crying. And man, he made his way to the ring, jumped into the crowd. It was an amazing feeling. It was like being a part of wrestling, pro wrestling history and witnessing it live. It was like, it was the, it was an amazing feeling to be around all those people and to be experiencing that live with other people who feel just as happy and proud as you do it was an amazing moment so he gets in the ring he he starts talking about like how he left professional wrestling in uh 20 uh, 2005 he talks about he talks about ring of honor he talks about he just Starts. He talks to us and he's telling us about how if he's ever disappointed any of us, he hopes that they understand. He talks about um, just basically what it took for him to get there and everything. And he calls out Darby Allen. And because previous weeks, Darby Allen ends up mentioning, you know, dropping the ball, like dropping that little tidbit, that little tease of like, uh, I don't care if you're the best in the world. And everyone's already like, oh, is he talking about CM Punk? Is he talking about CM Punk? Is CM Punk going to show up? So CM Punk ends up challenging Darby Allen. So that's one of the matches at All Out. So it's going to be CM Punk for the first time in a professional wrestling ring in seven years, and man, it was a great moment. It was a very fun moment. So he's kind of talking to us, and um, it, it was like a good 20 minutes. The first part of the show, and already you're kicking off the show right on a plus. So it was a good vibe all around, very much a very good vibe all around. So I'm there, I'm watching the first match, and I'm watching, I believe it was Jurassic Express versus Private Party. So, and then I notice while he's giving, while CM Punk's giving his promo, 
I noticed that he's wearing a shirt and it's his new pro wrestling t-shirt and on the back it says I was there and it had that day's date on it. So I'm sitting in my seat. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to pick up this shirt. I'm not thinking this is a monumental event and this is a once in a lifetime t-shirt and they were only selling that t-shirt right then and there for that one night only. So I immediately get up from my seat. I go downstairs and I try to get to the merch line. And man, the line I'm talking about, it was long. It wrapped around from one merch stand to the next. That's how, like, that's how wanted this shirt was. And then also previous to that, he did mention that he was giving out free ice cream bars at the end of the show. So I basically stood in line the rest of the event. And my predictions were I thought Jay Cargill was going to win, Jurassic Express was going to win, and John Moxley was going to win. And I was right. So already for that wrestling, that pro wrestling weekend alone, I'm starting off with like a 3-0 and record. So that was AEW Rampage. I basically waited. All the people I, <laughs> I thought was going to win, they won. Um, so you're just kind of waiting there and me while waiting there in line to wait to try and get this shirt, John Moxley, who is notorious and known for going out through the crowd, not through the ramp, but he goes through the crowd and you see, like, I noticed these cameras are setting up and he's standing 30 feet away from me, getting hyped up, waiting to like be waiting to go out. And then Eddie Kingston is there as well. So I'm like, oh my God, I could just, I really... There was like a 50-50 chance of me getting a shirt and either I was going to get out of the line and probably get a picture of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley or I stay in line and possibly get a shirt. Uh, basically, at the end of the night, all the shirts had sold out. Um, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit irritated because I'm like, can these people hurry up? And then I'm seeing people get multiple shirts for their friends, and I'm like, ugh, and I was angry. But I did end up getting a shirt that said I was there, so that's close enough for me. I also got a drawstring bag, and I got my free ice cream bar, but the event went out without a hitch. It was a fun night, it was a fun show, it was a great show. Um, I recommend going, it was very fun, but the kicker that really capped off the night was as you're exiting the United Center and you get your free ice cream bar, you get out and you notice on the on the like the screen outside, they have CM Punk's logo outside. You get to the parking lot. Everyone is from their cars is playing Cult of Personality. You're in that parking lot and all you hear from various cars is Living Colors uh, Cult of Personality playing. Everyone was just playing. It was an amazing night. Everyone was happy. Every and then um, uh, what was it? The next day you end up, uh, I was, I ended up hearing about people like buying the shirt and then selling it on eBay for a thousand dollars. People selling the ice cream bar wrapper for like a thousand dollars or something like that. And I'm like, wow. And then like later on you hear more stuff about how he crashed the pro wrestling C site. Um, he set a record for the most, uh, shirts sold. In 24 hours, he, uh, Cult of Personality was charting at number five on the rock charts on iTunes. Like, the dude was legit moving the needle. And it was like, they were talking about it on Twitter for like a good, all throughout the weekend. Everybody was talking about it. And it was like the biggest thing that happened in professional wrestling history. This one guy, this one rebel just came out and just like, basically changed the whole professional wrestling game and it was a sight to see and I'm glad I got to witness it live it was super fun so shortly after that you know it's um that Friday so Saturday rolls around Saturday is SummerSlam so that Sunday you got SummerSlam going on and, um, you know, not to harp on, like, WWE too much, but I gotta say, some of the matches I weren't, I wasn't necessarily too excited for. I wasn't really all that excited for SummerSlam, because the build to it was kind of, 
you know, it was a little bit goofy, not so much what I was expecting. You know, I was expecting something bigger. I was expecting more, but hey, that's just me as a fan. If you enjoyed it, hey, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy SummerSlam because it was fun. There was a couple of aspects I could live without, but hey, it is what it is. You know, you take what you can get. So, of my predictions, uh, I predicted Roman was going to retain his title against John Cena. Charlotte was going to win the, um, uh, what was it, the triple threat match between Nikki, A.S.H., and Rhea Ripley. I predicted Bobby Lashley was going to win against Goldberg. I predicted Bianca was going to win against Sasha. These are no in particular order, by the way. I predicted Edge was going to win against Seth. The Usos were going to beat the Mysterios. Damian Priest was going to beat Sheamus. Uh, Drew McIntyre was going to beat Jinder. Uh, RK Bro was going to win and beat Shame, uh, AJ Styles and Omos. And Alexa Bliss was going to beat Eva Marie. And Big E was going to beat Baron Corbin. So, those were my predictions. And in no particular order, I'm just going to say that my record was 10-1 out of all those matches. And the Big E Baron Corbin match was a pre-show match. So, starting off, um, I'm going to talk about the Roman um, Reigns versus John Cena match. So, WWE, for the most part, sometimes will have like a build that will convince you that a certain person is going to win. Like, you hold out that hope, like, maybe... Because the way my brain works now as a fan, it's not so much viewing it through the eyes of, like, viewing it as, like, oh, it's a heel versus a face. It's just the way this is built as a story is the way I sort of predicted how these matches were going to go. And the reason why I picked Roman was because I felt it was, like, way too... Roman Reigns currently with his head of the table um, storyline right now doesn't really, it's really hot right now. So for him to lose the title didn't really make any sense, especially with the whole thing. Now, I get it, the whole idea of like John Cena possibly becoming the 17-time champion and everything. With that on the line, still, of all the people for him to drop the title to, I don't really put all my eggs into John Cena winning. So that's the reason why I picked Roman. So overall, it was a bit of a slow start of a match. You know, John Cena hasn't really been in the wrestling ring for about a year, maybe a year or two, like almost two years. So you kind of have that going for him. But, you know, it was a solid match. I really enjoyed it. But the big pop of the night, because this was the main event, um, Brock Lesnar coming back, which was huge, because nobody expected, there was no talk of him coming back. I mean, there was like, I mean, there was a lot of people speculating that Brock Lesnar was going to possibly come back and he was going to face Bobby Lashley, but instead he's going after Roman's title, which does, it does sound more interesting because you do have Paul Heyman kind of in the middle of it, because Paul Heyman is currently like managing and I'm using air quotes, Roman Reigns and everything, and then he's also the advocate for Brock Lesnar, so that kind of plays into that story. So it was interesting, but that's what led me to think Roman was going to come back. Uh, Charlotte in this triple threat match against Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. Um, I got to say, the uh, the reason why I picked Charlotte was because I kind of feel like they already did Rhea with the title and I don't really have that much confidence. Like I loved what Rhea did on NXT before she came to the main roster, but I just didn't, I, I just kind of felt like, or I at least thought, you know, Charlotte just seems like the more dominant one out of this, out of this trio. Nikki Ash was, you know, she cashes in her money in the bank on Charlotte. She wins it. It's, I'm not going to crap on the gimmick. It's not for me, but when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, WWE is known for doing kind of gimmicks that are a little bit goofy. I mean, you had male cheerleaders as your tag team champions, so for me to crap on this gimmick is kind of useless. And on top of that, it's pointless because I've seen crap, I've seen like goofier stuff. But I, I, it just felt like Charlotte seemed a lot more dominant, and the match was okay. I was watching it. And it was okay, but he, I just felt like Charlotte was going to win it, so Charlotte won. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus, versus Goldberg. I, like, I know there's a lot of people who kind of 
still have like a little bit of a flashback when it came to Brock Le um, Goldberg and The Fiend because Goldberg ends up, The Fiend ends up dropping the title to Goldberg. So there's a lot of people. But last year, it was Goldberg versus Drew for the title and Drew ends up winning. So I didn't really have nor think that Goldberg was going to win. Um, so Bobby Lashley is still champ. The match was good. Except when it got to the finish, when uh, basically Bobby Lashley started destroying uh, Goldberg's legs, kept destroying the leg, kept destroying the leg to the point where the, uh, the ref had to stop the match and Goldberg and um, Goldberg couldn't finish the match. So Bobby Lashley ends up retaining his title. Uh, uh, his son comes out um, and. Uh, attacks Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley puts him in the hurt lock and basically makes the kid pass out. They leave. Goldberg's over there trying to protect his son, blah, blah, blah. You kind of get this feeling that Goldberg's going to come back, but that following Monday Night Raw, he didn't show up on the show. So who knows where it's going to lead. So uh, we shall see. Uh, next, we get to the Bianca versus Sasha match, and this is actually the match where I got the ten, the one out of that ten and one. Oh my god! So I, like I said, I was not too excited for the build to SummerSlam. Um, Sasha versus uh, like I wasn't really watching SmackDown up until this point. Um, SmackDown. Um, in my opinion, is the better show, but, you know, it's Sasha and Bianca, so you're already set to think this is going to be a damn good match, and these women always perform, and they come with it, so I was excited, you know, to see Sasha versus Bianca too. But we did not get Sasha versus Bianca, because here's the weird thing about it. So they were still advertising, and they were still showing Bianca versus Sasha. You get to the match, Bianca comes out, you're expecting Sasha to come out, and they basically say Sasha will not be competing tonight, so we have a replacement. Already, the place just starts breaking out in booze. And who do they announce? They announce Carmella. Carmella has lost, I believe, her last five matches at this point against Bianca. So, it was like already the crowd was very upset, and then Carmella comes out, and everyone's even more upset. And then what seems like a way for us for them to swerve us, Becky Lynch, aka the man, comes back. People are going crazy, people are happy. Becky Lynch is back, Becky Lynch is back. We love her, we love her. Everybody loves Becky Lynch. And we do, we do love Becky Lynch. I'm happy to see her back. So then she comes out, and then she throws Carmella out and then just hints her, and not hints, she says, Hey, why don't you and I have a match? So everyone's excited. You know, Becky Lynch, you got the man coming back, and she's gonna be in a match with Bianca Belair. Hey, let's go, let's get it, let's see this, let's see this. It's kinda like a dream match for some people. Bianca loses to Becky Lynch in a match that lasted twenty six seconds. So, that I could not predict. That legit. I predicted. I got every other match right except this one. Because you can. I did not predict Sasha not showing up. And Bianca and uh, Becky coming back and beating her in 26 seconds. So, it was it a questionable move? Yes. Did I like the way it made Bianca look? No. I was not a fan. I really was not a fan of how this happened. Have I heard other perspectives as to why this may have happened? Yes. Does it make it easier for me to digest? No. So, with that being said, I'm going to move on. Uh, next, we had Edge versus Seth Rollins. This was match of the night for me. Because from Edge's entrance, the brood entrance that came out, and then his regular entrance, the brood entrance alone. See, I was not watching wrestling right around that time when the brood was happening, so I missed out on that part of professional wrestling. But when I when I saw that in his entrance, it was the coolest thing I had seen 
it, it, it was amazing. It was so cool. Him coming out of the floor, the flames, the gear, just the... Because I remember seeing stills of it, and I've seen, like, witnessing it on, like, old, like, old matches and everything. But to witness it in this day and age, it was, it was pretty badass. So I was very happy with it. And the match overall was a damn good match. It was hard hitting. It was good. It was a damn good match, so... And I picked Edge to win because, you know, it's Edge. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the next one I picked was the Usos versus the Mysterios. I, the reason why I picked the Usos was because it wouldn't make, because, like, honestly, it's like, do you really want the Usos to get on Roman's bad side and him lose the title? Like, it didn't, like, they really want to keep this whole idea. It took so long for them to progress this storyline of, like, Jimmy finally catching on because Jay had been holding it down and Jay ends up leaving. And they finally get the titles back. So now you got the, the, the bloodline. You got the dynasty. You got this going. It would, it, it just seemed to make sense. And then, obviously, kind of what, well, not obviously. I hate to use the word obviously when it comes to professional wrestling because it just makes me sound like a know-it-all and for a lack of a better term it just seems like the direction that they're going they're after smackdown that happened last night it seems as though they're pushing into this angle of like they're possibly breaking up the mysterios but i really enjoyed the match Dominic is getting better in the ring every single day and every single time he's in the ring so it's really um um, fun to see, and I'm a big fan of the Usos, so I, I really was a fan of the uh, the match. The next one, um, Damian Priest versus Sheamus. I'm really, I'm a very big fan of Damian Priest. I like his entrance. I like the look. The guy's interesting. Just, I love Damian Priest. Uh, I also love Sheamus. Sheamus is a is a solid dude. Um, solid in the ring, very, like, brings his A-game every single time he's in the ring. Very good. Um, what, I like what he's doing with his, um, character currently. So, I picked Damian Priest because it just seemed in the direction that they're going. Because, if I'm being completely honest, Sheamus never really defended the United States Championship while he had it. Had it. He wasn't really defending the title as much. And kind of with the story that they were going with, they seem to, like, kind of push Damian Priest a lot more because he's, he's a really interesting dude. The guy is, like, amazing in the ring. And I really enjoyed the match. I'm happy Damian Priest won. Um, can't say enough good things about it. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. I'm be honest with you. I really... Did not enjoy the build to this because the story that they were telling us was Jinder was fighting Drew and going against Drew because he didn't text him back. Never mind their, like, story with 3MB. Like, never mind the whole back and forth of, like, hey, we both left the company. We were part of 3MB. We left the company, and now we're back. We became world champions. You know, we have this storied, aged history with each other, blah, blah, blah. No, it's, you didn't reply to my text, so I'm going to steal your sword, and then you're going to destroy my motorcycle, and blah, blah, blah. It just, it just didn't. I'm gonna be honest with you, it just felt like this was like you knew, like deep down, you kind of felt new. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, and like I said, this is my opinion, it just seemed like Drew was just gonna win. Because I don't see them dropping the momentum with Drew for him to lose to gender. No offense to gender, but... The way this was going, Drew was not gonna lose to gender Mahal. I'm sorry. I just didn't see it happening, so that's the reason why I picked Drew McIntyre. Uh, RK Bro or RK Bro versus AJ Styles and almost or Omos. I don't know how they pronounce it. I'm saying Omos, almost. Don't know how people were pronouncing it, but hey, let's keep it rolling. So with that match. Um, I love RK Bro. I I really do enjoy what Matt Riddle does in the ring. I like him in the ring. I like him on the mic. The dude is good. He's interesting. He's funny. He's goofy. Just ticking all the boxes. I enjoy Matt Riddle. I'm a big Matt Riddle fan. 
or Riddle, as he's called. And I love uh, I love Randy Orton. Randy Orton's a solid dude. Been a huge fan of his over the years. Um, never disappoints. So, obviously, with, like, AJ Styles and Omos, um, I just felt like... The reason why I picked them is because it wouldn't make sense for them to come back the night before. Like, to come together as a tag team for Randy to finally be like, okay, I respect this kid. Let's reform RK, bro. It's just... you, you It didn't seem right to me to have all that build up. He RKs, owes him. Has, isn't on TV for almost a month. He comes back. He finally accepts him. All for that to just have AJ and Omos retain. It didn't fly with me. Is that a possibility of them retaining? So that's why I picked RK Bro to win. And they did win. So now they're the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Is what it is. Uh, next we have Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no high hopes for this match. Like, I am one of those people, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, just I don't really connect too much with Eva Marie as a character. I don't really think she's that great in the ring. Um, <laughs> Alexa Bliss, I kind of knew was going to win because Alexa Bliss is just good. Alexa Bliss is damn good. Like, whether she's, like, possessed by the fiend or not. Alexa Bliss always delivers in the ring, so she's damn good. So, of course, I was going to... For me, I'm just saying this. Alexa Bliss was going to win. No doubt about it. Point blank, period. Just moving on. Alexa Bliss was going to win. thought Alexa Bliss was going to win. Uh, Big E versus Baron Corbin. Um, it just didn't make sense. It, I'm going to be honest with you. This storyline kind of came out of left field. Just Baron taking Big E's title. Like, it just seemed goofy to me. And it wasn't like, like, it, it probably angers some fans, myself included, if they would have just had Baron Corbin cash in the money in the bank, even though Big E's the one that won it. And it just, it just didn't seem right. And this just kind of came out of left field. And it just seemed like, hey, we just need something for the kickoff. So we're just going to have Baron Corbin steal Big E's money in the bank contract. And then, you know, Big E's just going to win the money in the bank contract back. Like, all right, whatever. Let's move on. So, that happened, and yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's my overview of uh, uh, SummerSlam that happened last Saturday, I want to say. Yeah, last Saturday. So, that's my overview of WWE uh, SummerSlam. I give it, like, a 7.5 out of 10 overall. I forgot to mention uh, a rating for uh, Rampage. I give that a 10 out of 10 for just... <laughs> all the stuff that happened. So, yeah. For SummerSlam, I want to give it a 7.5 out of 10. It was an okay show. I'm not going to give it any grade lower or a rating any lower. But, yeah. 7.5 out of 10. I'd give it that. Last but not least, I'm going to be discussing my recap and predictions for NXT TakeOver 36. So, out of this event, pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it. This one was the one I was very much happy with that I got wrong for the most part. Uh, this one I got four out of two. So, um, this one, man, I gotta say this. NXT continues to be one of my favorite wrestling products as a whole under the WWE umbrella. If I could rate it, I'd rate NXT as number one, SmackDown as number two, and Raw as a three. Uh, Raw number three, I should say. NXT's takeovers always deliver. Always deliver a solid product, solid wrestling, solid storytelling. The build makes sense, and it's amazing. Overall, NXT is the best thing out there, aside from AEW, if I can be completely honest. Like... There's never a hit or miss when it comes to NXT now since they're on Tuesdays. Um, no disrespect to AEW. I'm also a very big AEW fan. But NXT is really interesting. They give a lot of like solid matches. I feel like the wrestling is a lot more grittier, a lot more harder, a lot more intense. Like It's not wrestling to me. It's like a fight. So with that being said, these are my predictions and these were the matches that happened. So you had 
Ilya Dragunov versus Walter for the NXT UK Championship. You had Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. You had Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. It was Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight for the Million Dollar Championship. You had Adam Cole versus uh, Kyle O'Reilly in uh, Kyle. Uh, what is it? Their third matchup against each other. So Cole O'Reilly three. And then you had, for the kickoff, you had Ridge Holland versus, I believe it was Trey Baxter. Because this was, like, Ridge Holland's first match back. So, I picked Ridge Holland because, you know, it's his first, bat- it's his first match back. Um, they're, they're really building something between him, um, Oni Lorcan, Pete Dunne, um, what was it? Danny Birch is now back from injury because I know he got injured. Ridge Holland was also injured too, so he has recently come back. So they're kind of like bringing him up, basically saying, hey, this dude's a threat. They're building to something with him and Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, so that's interesting. So I thought he was going to win and won, so yeah, they're building up to that. It was a good match. Solid match. Squash match, but a damn good match. Uh, let's start from the bottom up. So, this one, actually, this one I'm going to do in order. So, next you had Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight. I really, really, really wholeheartedly enjoy everything that was going on to the build-up to this match. Everything. From the little sprinkling of Ted DiBiase in the beginning, Ted DiBiase was kicking this out of, like, hitting this out of the park. This was amazing. I love the humor between these two. They have a chemistry with each other. It's an amazing thing, and I'm glad I got to witness it because Cameron Grimes is slowly and was slowly becoming one of my new favorite wrestlers during this time. Hands down, solid. Solid. It was a damn good match. It was good. And the thing on the line was not only the Million Dollar Championship, but also if Cameron Grimes lost this match, Ted DiBiase had to become L.A. Knight's butler. So, uh, the build to this was amazing. I loved it. I love L.A. Knight as a, uh, as a heel. He's so- he can talk on the mic. He can go in the ring. He's a solid dude. Um, Cameron Grimes, funny. Cameron Grimes is hilarious, and he can wrestle his butt off. He has a lot of heart, and I enjoy that. So seeing these two fight again, it was an amazing thing to watch. And Cameron Grimes ends up winning, so I'm happy about that. So overall, 10 out of 10. Loved it. Uh, I think next it was the Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez. Now this one, this build was like something that we had been, well, myself uh, I had been waiting for this because Raquel was just eating through every opponent that she was given. She she beat, um, uh, what is it, Zia Lee. She de- defeated Zia Lee, defeated Mercedes Martinez, beat Io Shirai for the title. Um, it was a good build. It was a really good build. So to have like um, Raquel Gonzalez sort of uh, just be like this unstoppable force, she's Got a great look, solid solid in the ring, just overall badass, right? And then out of nowhere, like, you have the whole, like, I build you up, Dakota Kai. It's kind of like, um, it, it, a lot of people attribute it to, like, a kind of Shawn Michaels, Scott, uh, uh, Diesel type of angle. Where it's like, you're the champion, I built you as a champion, I can also beat you. So, it's kind of like that. It's like, I built you, I made you who you are, so now I'm going to destroy you. And basically that angle, and they did it well. Um, I was actually pulling for Dakota Kai to win this because I thought if Dakota Kai would win it, um, they were going to push Raquel Gonzalez up to the main roster, but we haven't seen anything about that yet. Kind of hoping, um, I'll be honest with you, with the way things are going, I kind of was hoping that all of these people would stay on uh, NXT, but, you know, we shall see. Can't really stop it, you know, because who am I? But it was a really good match. Um, I was not on my phone for this one. I was on my phone for SummerSlam, but I was not on my phone because I knew NXT always uh, delivers damn good matches. So I was watching this one. This one was a solid match. I really enjoyed it. Like I said before, I thought Dakota Kai was going to win it, and she didn't win it. Raquel Gonzalez beat her clean, one, two, three. It was a damn good match, so I'm excited to see who is another one 
to step up against Raquel Gonzalez. And funny enough, as I just now said that, I just remembered, Kaylee Ray made her debut. So we possibly may see Kaylee Ray versus Raquel Gonzalez down the line because Kaylee Ray is a former NXT Women's uh, UK Champion, I believe. Um... I'm kind of doing this episode on the fly, so I may be wrong. I may need, I may be right, but if I'm right, hey, yeah, that's what's up. So, <laughs> uh, moving on from that, uh, next, oh my god, this match next. My overall opinion wins match of the year for me. Ilya Dragunov versus Walter. You want to talk about a clinic? You want to talk about a master class? That was not a wrestling match. That was two men fighting for the NXT UK Championship and all its glory. That was the most heart-wrenching, guttural match I have ever seen in my life. And I know those are some weird words to use to describe a match, and I, I will admit it is weird, but I just couldn't think of anything else to describe for that match. I had that, that match had my eyes glued to the screen. I didn't want to take a phone call. I didn't want to check Twitter. I just wanted to sit there and watch these two dudes beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. And it delivered. Match of the year, match of the decade, match of the freaking century, in my opinion. Because that match was solid. And I got it right. I was right. Ilya Dragunov is your new NXT UK Championship dethroning Walter's long reign as NXT UK Champion. And I gotta say, Walter delivered, Ilya delivered, it was brutal as hell, and I man, I'd watch that match back again. That was perfect. Chef's kiss. 10 out of 10. I give it 50 out of 10. It was amazing. It was a solid match, and I recommend everyone go see it. Alright, uh, the second to last match, it was the Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly match, and it was a two out of three falls, I believe. The first match was just a regular standard wrestling match, the second one was a, a no DQ match, I want to say, or an extreme rules match, I can't, I can't remember, I just remember there was a lot of weapons, and then the third one, if it went to a third fall, it was, um, to be in a steel cage. So, I'm a firm I'm a firm believer in styles make fights, but I am also a firm believer in if you have good chemistry with somebody that you've been in a ring with, if you are better friends make better enemies, and it's never been more apparent between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. You talk about two dudes that know each other, have been around each other, have witnessed each other's ups and downs. Nothing is more glaring than a match between two friends who are now enemies. This match, that match was just like, I didn't know, like, even though I picked Adam Cole to win, I didn't really know who was going to win this match. That's how good of the build it was. Because both of these men, I think, were like one and one against each other. Adam Cole won his match and Kyle won his match. But man, I didn't know who was going to win this match. I couldn't really pick. I just picked Adam Cole because I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of figured he was going to win because the dude is like has been on a rocket ship ever since he was in NXT. So I just assumed he was going to win. And I was wrong. Kylo O'Reilly won. Uh, it was, um, I think, Ky- no, I-, I can't remember. I think Kyle got the first fall, then Adam got the first fall, got the second fall. But Kyle ends up getting... Uh, the third fall, and he taps out Adam Cole, which is crazy to me. So, that was very, very interesting to me to see and witness. So, that was actually a really damn good match. And it got brutal. Like, it it really got brutal. So, I recommend watching that. That was just like watching two friends just fight, to be honest with you. Two former friends fight. And to give a brief history, there was some rumors and speculation prior to this actually happening. Um... Adam Cole's contract was set to expire right around TakeOver. So, a lot of people were kind of speculating that he was going to either resign or not. 
there was kind of some speculation maybe that he was either going to resign or if he doesn't resign, is he going to go to AEW? Because he's, if you don't know, AEW, if you don't know, with Adam Cole, he, he was like, before he left to go to NXT, he was um, friends with the Young Bucks because they were all in Bullet Club together. He's friends with the Young Bucks, friends with Kenny Omega and Hangman. I want to say it was shortly after. Because I know to start the original, like, formation of that group, it was the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and uh, Adam Cole, and then eventually Cody Rhodes. But, yeah. So there was that speculation that he was maybe going to resign. If he was going to resign, is he going to go to the main roster? It was a lot. But going back to that, um, Adam Cole did lose that match. So... That was the second one I got wrong. I also got the Dakota Kai match wrong. So that was my two. And the other four I got right. So with that being said, um, now we're going to go into the Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross. Um, I'm going to be honest. This match, the build to it definitely took a hit. And the reason being, if you haven't been watching Monday Night Raw, um... Karrion Cross made a random, like, Monday Night Raw debut. Um, he made his, uh, he made a random appearance, like, on Monday Night Raw. And, man. First off, the entrance was kind of watered down because Scarlett was not with him when he made his debut. And I gotta admit, Karrion Cross's um, entrance on NXT, by far one of my favorites. Like, it's watching is it's it's amazing because you have scarlet come out she's mouthing the words to the lyrics it's just this whole big grand production and it was just amazing and to see it i'm kind of sad i'll never be able to see it live to be honest with you but man it it kind of took a toll because Karen Cross makes his debut on the Raw roster. It wasn't advertised at all. It just was on a random Monday Night Raw part. And he makes his appearance. And then it just... He loses in a minute and 39 seconds to Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy ends up putting his feet on the ropes to secure the pin. And already, going into it, Karrion Cross has been defeated undefeated in NXT. Like, the man hasn't lost. He won the title twice. man didn't lose. He beat Santos Escobar. He beat Finn. He beat Keith Lee. He beat Damian Priest. I'm pretty sure he beat Kyle O'Reilly. He won that fatal five-way match that they had. The man was undefeated. Comes to Raw, undefeated streak done. And already, that was all everyone was talking about leading up to this match. So then Samoa Joe comes back and he starts like this whole thing with Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross is barely on NXT, so I feel that kind of hurt their story leading up to it. And then with him already on Raw, you're kind of going into it. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not a naive fan anymore. I see the writing on the wall. Going into it, you already know Karrion Cross is going to drop the title to Samoa Joe because he's already shown on the main roster. Like, it's kind of glaring, to be honest with you. So, leading up to this, had a feeling, kind of knew Samoa Joe was going to win the match. It was a damn good match because this was like Samoa Joe's first match in like a couple of, like... Ever since he was, like, put on commentary on Raw, this was, like, his first match back in a ring in about, I want to say, a year or so. So, uh, it, it was, it is what it is. Um, despite the build, it was still a damn good match. Both men delivered. It was an amazing match. Um, still no Scarlet on the entrance, so, hey, it is what it is. Whatever's happening, I hope Scarlet's all right. I hope she's perfectly fine. So, there's that. Well wishes to Scarlet. Um, but still, damn good solid match. Smojo comes out with the win. So, yeah. So, out of that whole wrestling weekend that happened, which I, I gotta say, and I've said this before, and I will say this a thousand times over, it is damn good to be a pro wrestling fan. Because with Impact having, with Impact, Ring of, not Ring of Honor, Impact 
NWA and AEW and AAA having their open relationship and forbidden door be damned. Um, to see this happening in this day and age is very interesting. It's very fun and it's getting a lot of people talking. There's a lot going on and I'm happy to see it. WWE is making strides to be better. I, I don't really know. But it's really good and really interesting. Business hasn't been this hot in a very long time. And I'm excited to be witnessing it live. And, like, I don't want to say I'm on the ground floor because I'm not. But just witnessing it is just enough for me to say this is an amazing time to be a pro wrestling fan. So, overall, throughout the weekend, I had 17 predictions right and three wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> Either I'm getting better or this stuff is getting predictable. Because a majority of my wins were for SummerSlam. And like I told my brother, either I'm getting way too good at predicting WWE's matches. And I can't, I shouldn't be because I'm a freaking moron. <laughs> but man, either they're getting way too predictable or I'm just like really smart. <laughs> and I'm a smart individual, but still. This is... I... I should be happy I'm getting this stuff wrong rather than just not be, rather than just be like, well, I knew I was right. I knew I was right. This, see, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. So, yeah. So that was like my overall recap for everything that's been going on. So I'm going to, like coming off of the heels of NXT, I'm going to be talking about also the future of NXT. So, recently, if anybody hasn't been keeping up, like I've said in the past, um, NXT is like one of my favorite wrestling shows that's on TV right now. You get the drama, you get the action, you get damn good wrestling. It's a solid bunch of wrestlers, it's a solid division, and single-handedly, they have brought in metal and rock back to professional wrestling. Because I've said in the past... Watching WWE's programming got me into hard rock and heavy metal. So to see it happening now and to see it have that resurgence, it's it's really good to see. I enjoy it. I love it. It's like one of my favorite things. It's like two of my favorite things coming together. So what's not to love? So with that being said, um, the Wednesday Night Wars, I did an episode called NXT versus AEW. And... I had been planning to do this episode for a very long time, but this was like, I was planning on doing this episode, um, prior to the Wednesday Night Wars ending, and basically the Wednesday Night Wars was, for like about a year, it was, yeah, for about a year, it was NXT on Wednesday nights going head-to-head, on USA going head-to-head on TN, with, um, AEW Dynamite which was also playing on Wednesday nights at the same time, but it was on TNT. Now, prior to NX, prior to AEW premiering October 2nd, 2019, um, NXT, headed by Triple H, decided to get a two-week head start and start uh, basically promoting, hey, you know, because NXT originally was on the WWE Network, and they decided to go against head, uh, go against AEW, kind of cut them off, uh, cut them off at the pass, and they decided to try and get a head start on NX, uh, get a head start in AEW. So what ends up happening at the end of the Monday, at the end of the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, AEW ends up winning the Wednesday Night Wars. So. I really wish I was watching NXT and AEW right around like for right around 2019 because I could have gotten a better grasp on what was going on at the beginning of this. I got it at the tail end, but I was looking at their ratings and basically for a majority of the weeks that AEW and uh, NXT were running head to head against one another, AEW was mopping the floor with NXT uh, six ways to Sunday, basically. Both were a solid, good product, but AEW was just more... They were just apparently more captivating. 
AEW was just out here just winning by huge margins. And for a majority of those weeks. So what ends up happening at the end, NXT ends up moving to Tuesday nights rather than Wednesday nights. AEW uh, wins the Wednesday Night Wars. So I was doing some research on it. Or like, because I'm, I'm that type of person. If there's something interesting, uh, I will always look more into it. So what ends up happening and what I gather from the information that I've witnessed, that I've seen and looked into. Um, one of the things that kind of set a, uh, NXT back a bit was the fact that in the beginning they were just throwing everything but the kitchen sink in there just to try and compete with AEW. AEW had the backing of fans that were built through BTE and people who were fans of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Bullet Club. Basically all that, like Ring of Honor and New Japan. I forgot to mention New Japan's also involved in that whole uh, working relationship between AEW, uh, AAA, NWA, and Impact. So that's what that kind of spawned from, sort of this sort of rebellious attitude, sort of this resurgence of that sort of attitude, that cool attitude of like, hey, even though you're telling us we can't do this and we can't do that, we're still going to do it anyway and we're going to make fun of it because we can. It's not like you can really stop us. We have this giant following. So it was like a, essentially NXT was AEW before AEW even started. Because you had everything with AEW, but this predated it because you had stars like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Like, it was like basically a super indie. It was like, it was like WWE's answer to our Ring of Honor. Because you had guys like Pac, you, they signed Pac, Sami Zayn, uh, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Like, it was just, during that period of time, you had a roster filled with indie talent. So, it was cool because everyone went to it because of that. So, those guys get called up to the main roster. And now you have the likes of Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. You got Bobby Fish. You got Roderick Strong. You got um, Mercedes Martinez, um, uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, Nikki Cross. You had Eric Young, Killian Dane, and Alexander Wolf. You basically had, like, another second generation of indie stars. So on top of them throwing everything but the kitchen sink into their wrestling product, um, they also, <laughs> Triple H, called them a pissant company. You also had them basically that first night when they went head-to-head, AEW beat them. And he was like, hey, just remember this is a marathon and not a sprint. So with that, them acknowledging them, that went on, and next thing you know, just, it just kept getting more and more and more. So, there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of, like, rumors and innuendo. There's nothing confirmed. I'm just saying, I'm just repeating the speculation. The general consensus is, from a lot of people, I'm, sort, I'm also mentioning Busted Open Radio, because this is basically where I'm getting the information from, and it kind of does make sense if you really think about it. A lot of it does seem like Vince is angry that NXT lost the Wednesday Night War to AEW because Vince has gone through this before and it was with WCW. They were getting their butts handed to them for 83 weeks. Then all of a sudden, WCW slips up and, they, and then... Vince swoops in, buys his competition. Boom. End of the Monday end of the Monday Night Wars and only WWE is left standing within those 20 years. For the past 20 years. And all of a sudden AEW pops up. Triple H decides to bite the hot, like decides to cut the head off of the snake before it gets any bigger and it turns out the Hydra has too many heads. So, uh it's kind of weird analogy, but I'm going to roll with it. So, with that being said, there was word going around that, well, not word, it's basically confirmed by Nick Khan himself, NXT is going to go through a whole revamp, Uh, they're going to go through a whole new hiring process, or like when it comes to getting new talent in, 
They're going to mostly focus on talent who has not stepped foot in, like, any type of wrestling school. It's going to be athletes that they can mold in their image. Now, I'm not quoting that verbatim. It's just kind of a general consensus on what's going on. So, he's basically revamping NXT. And yesterday, everyone witnesses their new logo. They do a whole new look. It's no longer that goth, edgy, yellow and black that we are all used to. That hard edge style. It's no longer that. You get a preview and Wale's done the new music. And it's it's far from the NXT that I originally remembered when I started watching about right around 2020. So, yeah. I have, I, I want to stay positive. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw the new logo and I'm like, what the hell is this? What is this? But, I'm coming to the realization that WWE is no longer for me anymore because I'm growing up and I can't, like, <laughs> I can't really uh, relate nor connect. That's the word I want to go with connect with whatever they're kind of putting out there for me it's no longer for me and rather than become one of those people that complains about it I'm just gonna I'm gonna just take it for what it is if I don't enjoy it then I don't enjoy it I can always turn it off I can always change the channel um I want to see what happens I'm gonna be positive and stay positive about it it's gonna be interesting um what this future holds uh, it may not start until, like, right around September 14th. Because currently, right now, they're ta- uh, taping uh, episodes of NXT. So, who's to say what's going to be happening? But there's definitely a revamp and there's a change in it. Um, I'm just going to wait and see what happens at this point. I really enjoyed what NXT was. It was one of my favorite shows. I actually anticipated NXT, so who knows where this direction is going to be headed. But, yeah, that's kind of like my sort of take on what's going to be happening with the future of NXT. But I highly recommend, if you're interested in seeing how this all, like this sort of Wednesday Night War, which, to be honest with you, kind of seemed like a one-sided war. Because, yeah... Sometimes AEW would take shots at the WWE, kind of acknowledge them, kind of make fun of them and stuff like that. It is what it is, you know. It's a way to get people talking, whether it be bad or good. It's still getting away for, it's still making way for people to start talking about your product, whether it be in a, a a good light or a bad light. To be honest with you, but in all honesty, I do feel like it was a one-sided war because AEW so far has done they they. Starting out, they've kind of decided to learn from previous companies like a TNA because a lot of the talents on um, AEW were former TNA talent, former uh, Lucha Underground talent, former WCW talent, former WWE guys. And I feel like they're taking the positives as well as the negatives and they're kind of bringing it together to make this really solid, good product. So, and then on top of that, it's a company for wrestling fans by wrestling fans. Like, Tony Khan is a legitimate pro wrestling fan. You got Cody in there. You got the Young Bucks in there. You got Hangman and Kenny. And you got guys like Dustin in the back and Jerry Lynn. So, it's a really solid product. And AEW and NXT is a solid product because you had... Like the minds, like a Triple H, like a Shawn Michaels, like a Brian, uh, Road Dog, Jesse J. Like you had Road Dog there too, which also helped out as well because you have like three of the greatest minds of professional wrestling in your company. So how can it not fail? And man, it got better when it moved to Tuesdays. To be honest with you, but perception is reality currently when it comes to professional wrestling politicking. If I'm being honest. And witnessing it and understanding it has been fun, but it's also been kind of sad as well. But, you know, you just got to take it in stride and keep watching. I'm very entertained. I'm very excited to see what happens over the next couple of months. Whether it be good or whether it be bad, hell, it may even be better. Who knows? So, you know, it's kind of like one of those options of you just got to wait and see. Even though that's becoming like a thing that's becoming very tiresome. 
of most wrestling fans of like them tired of waiting and seeing what's going to happen with the product. But you never know. So I'm just going to be optimistic about it and just enjoy the ride while I'm watching this and enjoying what's going to be happening. So um, next Sunday I'm going to be at All Out. So this will be my second AEW event. Um, I kind of can, I cannot wait until the day when NXT goes back on the road. Um, it's going to be an interesting time. Pro wrestling is very interesting, like, especially with things going on with AEW. Um, the future is bright for NXT and AEW. I'm just going to say that right now. Cause like with all these releases going on, you got guys like, you know, there's word that Buddy Murphy and Braun Strowman may be signing with Impact or they possibly did. Uh, you got CM Punk joining AEW and then... Possibly Daniel or Brian Danielson is coming to AEW. Bray Wyatt's possibly coming to AEW. Ric Flair is still up in the air. Although I will say I will enjoy, I would enjoy him kind of being with NWA. That kind of seems like a better, like a, a good fit, you know, having that guy on their payroll. That seems like a really good fit. Um, and now the most recent one is Adam Cole. Like the guy's last day, I want to say it was either Friday so that's a possibility of something that may be happening because I'm going to be honest with you, last night when they announced uh, Dominic's secret opponent, everyone kind of was like, is this going to be Adam Cole? Is this going to be Adam Cole? Is this going to be his main roster debut? And he didn't show. So it's gonna, it's very interesting to see where all these released talent showed up or will show up because the Iconics are still up in the air. Um Ruby Riot is still up in the air, now going by Ruby Soho. The Iconics are now going by The Inspiration. Um, it's a very interesting time to be a pro wrestling fan, um, and I can't say that enough. It's going to be fun. So, with that being said, uh, I will catch you all on the next episode. My name is Brittany. You can follow me on Twitter at RollMarterX. You can follow me on Instagram at RollMarterX. Um, you can leave a suggestion for me for just leave me a voice message or like something you would like me to do on these episodes. It doesn't always have to stay in the realm of professional wrestling and metal and anime and comics. Uh, but yeah, I will catch you all on the next episode. Talk to you all later. Bye. (laughs) 